0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Now my guest today is Jackie Pryor, a trademark expert from Melbourne. A soloist herself, we start our conversation by looking at how Jackie uses content creation and forum involvement to grow her business. This interview was originally recorded as a live radio segment, hence the listener involvement that pops up from time to time. You're very active um, with your marketing, from what I observe. And I absolutely i am um, not asking you this question to turn this into some sort of flying solo promo. I'm not. <laughs> um, but you, you contribute for us. Uh, you write articles for us, very fine articles. You uh, have your own blog, I believe. You get involved in our forums. You get involved in other forums that, I, that mm-hmm. I've seen you involved in. How does that all work for you? How's, how do you kind of play that? And, and what's it actually doing for your business?
2: It works really well for my business. Um, I think initially I took that tactic because it was less financial outlay when I first started the company um, to get some momentum building. Um, You know, we're all on a budget when we first start, so that was a good way when I had the time to do it. Um, It works well for my business because I think um, I am in a sort of niche industry. So I don't have a huge amount of competition when I'm offering advice, answers, information
0: Mm.
2: on most forums. Um, So it works well that if somebody then wants to follow that through uh, and become a client, there's not a huge number of people no. they've got to select from yeah,
1: which is, on, on which
2: various forums
1: which clearly should. is a is a great benefit for you and absolutely how much time do you devote i mean do you do you put a certain amount of time every day or is it kind of a weekly goal how do you how do you work out where to spend your time on those sort of activities
2: there's no strict routine to it uh, it's really when i've got time that's where i will spend it so some days are a bit quieter than others and i'll be around the place you know all day long um other days i just have to do a, a quick check in the morning see if there's anything i can answer or offer and then move on because i just don't have time to sort of sit there monitoring what's going on in so many different places okay um yeah
1: do you think that i um, just going forward is just a challenge you on that is looking to the future is is that the best way to do it or do you do you think you may in times allocate a small block of time on a daily or every couple of days to do that sort of thing? Is there there not a risk that when you head down, you know, busy, busy, that um, you let those things slip?
2: Um, Yes, there is definitely a risk of that. I would ideally like to set aside a block of time each day. Um, And for me, that would probably be fairly early in the morning, catching up on what's happened the Mm. previous day. I find it a bit easier to deal with those sorts of things outside of the standard, business hours sure. Um, when things get a bit busy and suddenly your whole day is gone before you know
1: well, look, it look this is the show is called the coaching couch and um i i do do a little bit of coaching i'd like to just let you know that here on friday the first of march you have full permission to block out a bit of time early in the morning a couple of times a week to um to make that happen fantastic thank you okay look let's move on to your your... now i've actually had a question come in from a guy running a consulting copywriting business been operating for several years they've got no plans to grow hugely is there any need for them to formally protect our ip or our brand two-part question and if so what's it going to cost so small copywriting consulting business been around for a few years no plans to grow to grow anything massive. I think I know this business has got a couple of people in it, so they don't want to necessarily turn into anything massive. Is there is there any benefit in them formally protecting their brand, their IP? What do you reckon?
2: Well, I think that, yes, there's definitely benefits to it. Um, I think there seems to be a bit of a, a, a myth or a misconception out there that if you're a smaller business, it's not worth it, um, which I would disagree with and actually think there's some bigger advantages to a smaller business. Um, even more so than big business sometimes. The first thing to be mindful of when it comes to registering a trademark is or protecting your brand. What that does is it actually is giving you the right to use your brand that you've registered so that nobody else can stop you from using that particular brand. So, without registration, you're actually running the risk that you could be infringing on somebody else's registered intellectual property, mm-hmm. and then they could, you know, make a lot of headache for you. So, the if fact they were that,
1: to, sorry, just to interrupt you, so the fact that you've gone through the process, you mean, will have sh- kind of shown up on, on radar as to whether anybody else or has already laid claim to that name?
0: Mm-hmm. Is that's that right? right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: that's right. So, yeah, without that in place, you're you're running that risk of stepping on somebody else's toes and them having the right to stop you. So so then we look at the cost of, for example, rebranding or defending against some sort of infringement action, you know, look at that cost as opposed to the cost of protecting yourself in the first
1: place. Sure. Okay. So can I just quiz you there just before you go on? So if... Um if I've been trading for a few years, let's say I'm calling myself um, High Street Copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um I've been going for a few years. I haven't done anything and then somebody else comes along. They can register High Street Copywriting.
2: They can register they can it. Grab it. Yes. Yeah. If they've come al- if they start after you started, hmm. they won't necessarily be able to stop you from also using that name because okay. you would have a prior right. Gotcha. But yes, they could certainly register that name as a trademark. And that means that they're given the right by the government to use that name, so you wouldn't then be able to stop them either.
1: Yeah, okay. okay. So
2: you're then stuck in a coexisting. Yes, which um, can get situation.
1: very, very messy, particularly when so much of our sort of survival these days is is uh, is ensuring that our brand is is coming up well online it just gets confusing doesn't it absolutely
0: um, and
1: so what what about this issue of cost I mean I know well that's probably a very long question but typically for a business say like this copyright actually just before I go any further let me just remind listeners if anybody's got any questions for Jackie now's the time um, send them in either to radio at flying solo.com.au or by all means send a text in to 0423500511. Sorry, Jackie. So, yeah, the second part of that question then was, um, what's this likely to cost? I mean, I say I, I accept that that's possibly a little tricky to answer, but typically, what might it cost a business?
2: Uh, it is a bit tricky to answer because it depends on several factors. Right. But having said that, you would be looking at a minimum cost of four hundred and twenty dollars, which is actually spread over two stages. Right. If all goes smoothly. So you'd have an initial, if you were to do it yourself with the government department, you'd have an initial fee of $120. If they approve your trademark for registration, which will take a little bit of time, it won't be for about four months until you get that um, result back from them. If everything goes smoothly at that stage, there'd be a further $300 fee payable. Once both those fees are paid and your trademark's registered, you're actually locked in and protected for 10 years. And then you would pay a renewal fee every 10 years. So there's no annual fee or even three-yearly like a business name. It's every 10 years once it's in place.
1: Okay. So, this, I mean, those costs, obviously, they're they are, um, you know, they're not insubstantial, but, but they're not massive, are they? And for no. The, and presumably, would I be right in saying that when people come to you or to somebody in, in your kind of space – Initially, they're, i would imagine—they're saying, "Hey, not sure. Do I need it or don't I need it?" I mean, you, I'm guessing that um, a fair part of your initial sort of dialogue is answering some some fairly basic questions. Would that be yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: That would be right. Yeah. And, they, and yeah, okay.
1: sorry. Sorry. Carry no. Carry on. Carry on. All right. Well, let, I'll carry on. So <laughs> well, that's what I notice in the in the forums in in our forums certainly is that's where you're coming in a lot of the time, is just giving people some of that sort of early-stage advice. Um, and as you've generously mentioned there, yes, there is some, um, some I think, what's it called? Head Start, isn't it? The um, government um, kind of system yep. where you can go through some of these steps yourself. And I went through that myself a few years ago, and I found it pretty good and very time-consuming. So I guess what I'm doing if I'm coming to you is, I'm minimizing my time aren't I you're getting there kind of quicker than I am sort of thing yep. Yep. Um, and then so when when businesses sort of do come to you and go through this do you find that the majority of them are sort of in inverted commas successful do they kind of do they get what they want does it does it usually end happily
2: often yes they are because a part of what we do is sort of conducting preliminary searches before we file any applications hmm. and giving that feedback as to whether it's likely to be successful. Okay. So when we get to the point of officially applying, more often than not they are because those that are looking at um, names that are not likely to be successful might choose not to proceed. So by the time you're in the official system, we've got a higher success rate because we've already okay. let people know
0: you could be throwing what money the odds at. are okay Yes.
1: Yeah. and um, tell me do you need to do another question that's coming in do you need to protect your name and your logo in other words the visual side of things or are these are these separate I mean if I've just got a name but with no without necessarily any kind of strong brand presence visually what kind of happens there a
2: couple of things I would suggest if you're using a logo that focuses on a name, or its main component is a name, that you would file two trademark applications, one for your name and one for your logo as an entire image. If you were to do only one, it's important to realise that at the end of the day when you're registered, you can only claim registration against the exact trademark you filed. So if you file for a name, you couldn't then say that your logo is also registered and vice versa.
1: So Having they ha- they both have to be registered in that in their under in their own rights, basically.
2: Yes, to be able to claim each as a registered trademark, yes, they do have to be done separately. Right. Having said that, that of course means double the cost for everyone., yeah. So if you were to file just say your name and somebody else was to develop a logo that centres on that same name, you'd probably still be in a position. To sort of say, hey, your logo is too similar to the name that I have registered. You need to stop using it.
1: Okay, got you. But if so you're, it still if, gives
2: you a little bit of protection, there. sure.
1: But if you're like a Nike, where you've got you've got a, a logo that is absolutely recognisable without any words around it, then yes, by the sounds absolutely. of it, you better think about registering. Absolutely,
0: as well. absolutely. Okay,
1: and tell me, what do you think is that? What are, What are the things that? Um, that most people kind of don't understand? Or what's the biggest confusion that small business has around this whole topic?
2: Um, I think the cost, for a start, People assume it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to register a trademark, and it just doesn't have to. Um, and also probably confusion about what a trademark actually is. Um, by definition, a trademark is any sign that you could apply to a product or service that sort of brands that and distinguishes it from other people. So a sign in trademark terms could be a name or a um, logo or an image or a slogan or even colours and smells and things like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So long as it's capable of distinguishing your product or service from other people. If it's not capable of doing that, it will have difficulty registering. So people will often come to me wanting to register quite descriptive terms or generic names and there's a lot of confusion there of why they don't function as trademarks because they're sort of likely to be needed by people in their, their normal course of trade okay. so it's, it's got to really have that ability to act as a badge of origin for right. your product or service
1: okay and so when you kind of look to the future and you see you know we know that um because the kind of barriers to entry in business are Uh, are just getting less and less as each kind of year goes by and australia is absolutely known as being one of the easiest places to set up a business so there are more and more businesses um, kind of coming online and starting Um, what does the future look like for you do you think is that do you think that there's going to be much more focus on ip as there are more company names and brands around is it going to get more important do you think
2: I think um, it's become so, even just in the last 12 months or so, since our business name system in Australia went national, um, that's sort of allowing for a lot more coexistence than ever before across the country already. So trademark protection is already becoming more important because of that to ensure everyone's rights are in place and properly recognised. And I think that will continue to grow as that system
0: itself
1: grows mm, okay so again i guess what i mean that, that sounds good for your business i'm guessing there's going to be you know you might not be you can't necessarily always assume that you'll be the only people only person rather um sort of online in the future in some of these discussion areas that you go to no, because i'm guessing no, there's right. <laughs> i'm guessing your industry is is a growing one um another question has just just in actually from uh katie which is if you have the business name, do you naturally or automatically have rights over the domain name?
2: No, mm-hmm. it's the short answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, a business name doesn't give you any right to the name itself. The purpose of a business name isn't to provide that sort of ownership. A business name's registered more so so that there can be sort of a central database of who's operating business in Australia in case we ever need to get in contact with the business operators. So a domain name, um, you know, obviously is the website address for want of a better word. And most of the time in the .au space, you'll likely need a business name, a company name, a trademark even that sort of matches to make you eligible to register that domain name but it doesn't actually give you... Having the business name doesn't make you more entitled than anybody else.
1: Okay, okay. If you've got
2: a trademark, however, and somebody else registered your domain name or the matching domain name improperly, the trademark might give you rights in certain circumstances to get that domain back from somebody else.
1: Okay, so it's... it's, um, As with often with these sort of things, it's not... It's not straightforward. We shouldn't really assume anything. We should, I mean, by the sounds of it, we should have a quick chat with you, shouldn't we?
0: Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: Every case is going to be that little bit different um, because there are so many dependents and variables in each situation. Mm. So that's why even before with the costs, I'm having to say it kind of depends, but it's a minimum of X, Y, Z. You know, every case is that little bit different. Um, so certainly anybody looking at their area should be seeking advice for their particular situation.
1: Sure, okay. One more question just come in from Steve. Um, I noticed, I'll read it out verbatim, I noticed some small businesses use big brands in their advertising or their names. I assume this is not allowed, is it? So, for example, oh, this is a good question, interesting question. So this is, this is um, I think this refers to the people who sort of set up a, a very nice sparky looking website and stick lots of brand names on it like Commonwealth Bank because I happen to use them as my bank or Telstra because I happen to get my phone from them. You know, um, what's, what's, the, what's the kind of ruling around that? Is this, is this in your, your sort of remit or is this not really your area?
2: Well, again, it's going to depend on the type of business involved. Um, there's a, a lot of big brands um, will have set licensing terms for anybody to use their brands, So the one that comes to mind for me there is Apple. They've got set, if you go to Apple's main website, you'll be able to see their terms and conditions if you want to use their names, logos, in any sort of packaging, marketing, anything of that nature. Hmm. Others, you you should have a direct um, licensing arrangement with the company where they provide you with that permission. And then there will be cases where people are doing Naughty things and using brands that they shouldn't be, yes. and just hoping they don't get caught yeah. so every situation's going to be different and it's going to be um, yeah dependent on the type of sure. business as well and how they're using those
1: sure well I, th- I think uh, as a so often a guide in small businesses um, if you're wondering whether you should be doing it, you probably shouldn't and um, and I just think that um, we should always as business owners be be uh, very mindful of that and, uh, and checking it because I'm sure none of us really want a, a call from Apple or their lawyers um, I'm sure that initially it would probably be a cease and desist or whatever but um, I think it's very sensible to avoid it and also I think increasingly um, you know those of us observing these things online we just don't believe it frankly so, yeah. <laughs> it's also. so look um, Jackie again thank you very very much for joining us and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.